Is investment something that's always been on your mind, but you don't quite know how to get started on that journey? We are here to set you on the right course. Welcome to My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We are all about getting out of the rat race through creating positive passive income through real estate investing. Here you'll hear from regular people just like you and the professionals who support us towards greater wealth. Learn before you earn, move from analysis to action, and find the right path to attaining the success that you've always dreamed of for yourself. Now, here's your host, Athena. Welcome to Mortgage Mondays. In today's episode of Mortgage Mondays, we're going to talk about the five biggest lies on FHA financing or FHA loans. There are many misconceptions about FHA loans, and what surprises me is many of them are held by real estate professionals. Most of them by real estate professionals who have been in the business a long time, and this is probably why, as you'll soon find out. Some of them are rules from a long time ago that people think still exist. So if someone got into the real estate business 20, 30 years ago, they may still hold these facts to be true when they're no longer true. So first, let me tell you about uh, that the FHA loan program started in 1934 as a solution for a lack of permanent financing for homes. At the time, loans were short term, like three and five years, and turned into a balloon note. Basically, after that term, the whole amount was due, and you had to ask your bank for an extension of the loan or rework of the loan or refinance. And if the property value was down, or as in the 1930s, they were in a very deep depression and banks were going out of business. And so it was a really tough time. And so the government came up with a solution by backing loans so that banks would feel more secure in giving longer term loans. So it's a great program and it still is today. I forgot to mention these are often farms. The loans were against farms where people actually were living off the land. So it was double jeopardy if there were problems with agriculture, there were storms, there were droughts. So if their business suffered, they couldn't make the payments. It was like a vicious cycle. So this loan, this solution was made as part of the government called the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and, or HUD, as many of you have heard of, and that's where FHA loans are governed. So FHA is part of the government and an arm of HUD, and it's a loan program for minimum down payment. It's backed by the government with the mortgage insurance premiums. So when a loan's made, there's an amount of the loan that's forwarded to the government in cash. So that's the upfront MIP. And then the monthly payment also includes mortgage insurance. So it's a very well-backed loan. And so it helps a lot of first-time buyers, but you don't also have to be a first-time buyer to get an FHA loan. But that's not even one of the myths I'm going to talk about. So the first lie that's often told about FHA and I would probably say it's the most common one I hear is that FHA loans are for low-income borrowers. That's absolutely not true. FHA, first of all, does not have any income restrictions. And so, and you don't have to be a first-time buyer. So some people think that FHA loans are for low-income buyers. I think borrowers because it's the government, it's backed by the government. So there's like an implied help the poor people thing that I can't guess where that comes from, but it's just not true. And in fact, if you think about it, in FHA high cost areas, the loan amount that we can lend is a smidge over 679000 for a single family home. 
So you are not a low-income borrower if you're applying and qualifying for a payment on a $600,000 loan, let alone $679,000. So as you can well imagine, this is not for low-income borrowers. I actually one time had a seller recently, this is recently, I had a seller tell me I was trying to, sometimes when a realtor has trouble convincing a seller to take an FHA offer, I offered to call the seller and explain to them how FHA works, that there's no jeopardy to them and it's so on and so forth. And I'll explain the other jeopardies sellers think they have in lending, in uh, selling to an FHA buyer. But in this case, the seller was selling his condominium and he actually said that he did not want low-income people in his condo community. And that's why they were not accepting my borrower and my realtor's buyer's offer on their home. And I just could not believe it. First of all, whoever's paying you the highest price seems to me would be your favorite buyer. Also, you would think that they'd want to help a first-time buyer because most condo owners at one time were first-time buyers just because that's an affordable real estate asset that you can get as opposed to a house. So I couldn't believe it. The realtor couldn't believe it. And we just could not convince this gentleman that selling to our borrower is just as good as selling to someone else. And so I was amazed. This was just a couple of years ago. He didn't want to sell to a low-income borrower. So that was myth or lie number one. And so lie number two about FHA loans is that the interest rates are so much higher than conventional loans. I hear this all the time. Now, I do remember when I started doing FHA loans in the 90s, some lenders were charging higher interest rates for FHA buyers because they were all manually written, underwritten loans. They often did have a lot of tricky parts to them, you know, three sets of family men, three couples buying together, just a lot more paperwork, a lot more work. But in this day and age with automated underwriting and just in general, computers helping us speed up the process, I just don't see that anymore. But the fact remains, a lender may do that, but Wall Street markets do not charge more. They actually charge less because again, back to the mortgage insurance premium, these loans are safer from a lender's point of view because the mortgage insurance premiums on FHA loans make them that much stronger than a conventional loan. So when I look at interest rates today, typically on a conventional loan, if you put 3% down, you're probably paying 4.375, maybe 4.5 today. And that's with one point paying your own closing costs. So maybe there's another, depending on the price range, maybe five to $10,000 more in fees if you're doing a conventional loan, 3% or 5% down. If you're doing with the same, so let's just say 4.375 was today's rate that I checked just a bit ago. If you're doing an FHA loan with three and a half percent down, so it is a half a percent more in down payment, you're getting a four and a quarter percent interest rate with zero points and zero cost. So the cash outlay by the buyer is less. The monthly payment is a slightly less. And so all in all, the FHA loan is a stronger loan than the conventional loan and certainly less costly, not as the myth and lies have said that the interest rates are higher and the costs are higher. They're actually lower in reality. So that's number two. Number three lie about FHA is FHA loans are only for bad credit borrowers. I hear that so much, you would not even believe. So this is gonna make you laugh actually. FHA does not have an in writing, not status, but restriction on credit scores. So FHA doesn't have a, this will be the credit score anywhere in their guidelines. And so what it is, is lenders can put their own layer on top of that 
in order to say to improve the quality of their pool of loans. So they a lender can say we won't take a credit score below 620 or 640. I know for a while one of the big banks with a carriage was saying they didn't want anything under 660. So those banks are trying to make their pools of loans stronger by having that credit score requirement when in actuality FHA does not have any requirements for credit score. So that being said, we're allowed to do loans well, for any credit score, but it has to make sense. And then there are restrictions on debt to income ratio and so on if there is no credit score, which is also allowable, or if there's a low credit score. And so, yeah, in in fact, if the credit report is blank, that's fine. Now, that's not bad credit. I've done FHA loans for over 20, almost 30 years now. And FHA loans are a case-by-case thing. And so if you have someone, let's just say, with a 580 credit score or 550 credit score, there has to be a reason why that credit score is where it is, why it hasn't improved, which I also am able to help people improve their credit score. But if they have a low credit score, why is it where it is and why haven't, hasn't it improved since the incident that made it that credit score? Sometimes people have a low credit score because they never established credit and then they get a couple of medical collections on their record or a utility bill they didn't pay in collection. And so you're going to have a very bad credit score if you have no good credit to offset the bad credit. So I've seen many loans with 580 credit scores, 599 credit scores, totally doable. And FHA does not reject these loans when they're insured. So the truth of the matter is, in doing my research every month on credit scores, if you go to LMA, if you go to the credit score bureaus, you can find out what the average credit score is across the nation. You can find out which states have the lowest credit scores. I mean, you can find all that out. And even one of the things you can find out is the credit score per age group. So FHA loans obviously does not have an age limit. Loans that would be illegal loans don't have an age limit. And so, but the data is interesting. So the data as of November of 2017, you can look this up on LMA, which is an electronic service for mortgages. They do all kinds of things for the mortgage industry. And so FHA loans had an average credit score of 683 among millennials, which are typically the most common FHA buyers. And so right now, because of their age group, and it does not break it down into race that you would go to the federal government for. You can actually find that out through a rule called HUMDA. And so, so to say that FHA is for bad credit people, probably not if 683 is the average credit score that's in there. So. Myth number four, and we'll wrap up. These lessons are always about 15 minutes. So FHA will inspect the property every time. And so that's a lie. Now, it used to be true, though. So back to what I said in the beginning, if you've been in the business a long time, you might still have the idea from the 1990s that had this list back then of HUD-approved inspectors. So besides the appraisal, besides your home inspection as a buyer, you also had a HUD inspector that would go through and look at health and safety issues. And so I lived through this and many loan officers who did live through this will tell you, yeah, this was brutal. This was brutal. These inspectors would go through the property and nitpick every little thing. First of all, to prove that they were needed, that the job was needed, right? That they were needed in this industry. And sometimes I have to say, they just went out there with a vengeance. I don't know why some of them were super mean, but they would nitpick every little thing. And so then the seller would have to fix these things in order to sell to an FHA buyer. 
So this list went away in the 90s. And so this hasn't been true for quite a long time. But some realtors who aren't aware of the changes or haven't really worked with an FHA buyer in a long time might think that it's still true. And it's not. That's one of the biggest lies. FHA now relies on appraisers to be their eyes and ears for the condition of the property. So they're looking for trip and fall issues, peeling paint if the house is below before 1978, there's lead-based paint issues. And so they're looking for those types of things. But generally, they're really obvious, like if the carpet's totally worn, if there are tiles that are totally broken that you could trip on, kitchen counters where the tiles are broken, because that's a, probably a food safety issue. And so they're looking for things like that. And if you're ever in doubt, you can always call me, describe the condition of the property or send pictures. And I'll be able to let you know, since I used to do FHA 203K loans and I inspected a lot of properties, I can definitely tell you what will fly and what won't. So that's myth number or lie number four. And then the last lie, which is really sometimes I think just a scare tactic, but I see a lot of situations where the seller thinks they're going to have to pay a lot of costs, a lot of closing costs for the buyer, that they will be forced to pay a lot of costs. And so if you're a seller and you know that there's an FHA buyer coming along and is going to want a lot of money out of you and another buyer who's conventional buyer, conventional financing buyer, which one do you think you're going to lean towards without any fact, right? So it used to be that there was a list of allowable and non-allowable closing costs and FHA lenders often would charge discount points on top of those costs. And so the seller on a $150,000 property might have to pay out $5,000 extra in closing costs. So this is way back in the day. But this is where this comes from. So not true. Mostly we do no cost loans for one thing. Number two, the allowable, non-allowable list went out the door a long time ago. And so Sellers do not have to pay any more closing costs with an FHA buyer than they do with a conventional buyer. So because that list went away, it's no longer an issue. So I hope this was helpful. My top five lies that go against FHA loans and FHA buyers. FHA buyers, people who need an FHA loan to buy a home, deserve the, the same treatment as someone who's doing 3% down conventional. It's all from the realtor who's re representing the seller or the seller's perspective that they are not equal. They are equal. And I actually think FHA is better because any little problem with the credit score dropping does not totally blow out the deal, whereas with a conventional loan, it can. So you have to have a very high credit score for conventional loans. So I do hope that this was helpful, and I hope you'll join me next week for Mortgage Mondays. In the meantime, we have Investor's Corner, which is Fridays at 4.30. And this week, I have housing provider Rainbow Services. They're an organization that shelters abused women and their children, provide housing for those women in crises who have children. And we're going to be joined by Executive Director Elizabeth Eastland. And I've uh, been involved with this organization for at least 15 years, and I love it. And sometimes people make poor choices and stay, stay in situations that are dangerous and not healthy. and so. This group protects and keeps these women safe, and I wish they could do more of it. So I hope you'll join me Friday to hear Elizabeth talk about Rainbow Services. And until then, I wish you a great week. Thanks for joining me. This has been another episode of My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette-Cornier. We wish you all the success you deserve as you use what you've learned here out in the real world. 
Check out the blog post for this episode, along with many more helpful resources at mycashflowacademy.com.